The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. I'm very excited to be joined this week. It's been quite a while, I think. Jacob Padilla from Hell Varsity. Jacob, hello. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Glad to join you again. Are you over the disappointment of the Sun season? Where are you at with with Devin Booker igniting Luka Nuclear Doncic? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm kind of just haven't spent much thought on it. Just every time, every now and then, I'll like be watching one of these terrible games from the conference finals and just kind of shake my head, but. Beyond that, I've tried to focus on other things and just kind of block it out. Unfortunately, all the discourse now on Suns Twitter is about DeAndre Ayton's future and what's next and all that type of stuff. So it's not a great place to be in. Well, I mean, you could be the Thunder and have nobody. <laughs> you have Isaiah Roby. Except <laughs> except we have one player that, that 29 other NBA markets have, have like – gotten together, colluded with each other, and collectively decided that that one player should be traded from my team. Like That seems what's happened. So that's that's where we're at. Also, by the way, would you take Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren if you had number two? <laughs> uh, that's Well, I don't think you have the choice because I think one of them is going number one. So, yeah, take the whoever's left. Okay, better question. Would you take Paolo over one of those two? That's the question. Um I've been struggling with that. I know a lot of people have, I think going into the year, a lot of people were like Paulo high and then the other guys, not as much. I mean, Chet was always kind of in the discussion, but um, I guess looking at the OKC roster, I, I kind of want uh, it to be Chet just to go all in on just the weird long dang, uh, link, uh gangly wings and just play him and uh, Poku and uh, what Roby or Baisley or, play all these guys together with Shea in the backcourt. Um, just go all in on weird basketball. Yeah, Giddy is fits that. Yeah, fits exactly. that same mold as well. Um, I, I'm so out on Poku. I'm so ready. <laughs> I, I know. With Poku, I'm done with the Poku experience. Um, so Chet Jacob, is not Poku. He can actually do the things that he tries to do. Yes, yes. Jet is, is already infinitely better than Poku is, which – we can poke slander on this podcast, but I'm just, I'm out on the Poku experience. Before we move on to the next topic, I want to take a second and thank my sponsor, FSC Edge. FSC Edge integrates AI technologies, case management tools, and augmented operators to optimally process patent documents quickly and accurately. FSC Edge supports some of the world's largest patent offices, including the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Hey, that seems like a pretty big deal. The team over at FSC Edge is always looking for new members to come on board. You won't be on the phone all day. 
You won't be customer facing, which means no stuffy suits and ties. That's nice. You will be doing impactful work on a national scale and learning about patents. Folks who've worked with FSC Edge have all come away saying the same kinds of things. Affable, inviting, accepting, welcoming, easy to work with. Check out available jobs today by going to jobs at fsc.com. Um, Jacob, I have you on the podcast today because the Hale Varsity yearbook is coming soon. For folks listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed to Hale Varsity so that you can get the yearbook. You need to be subscribed by June 6th to get the yearbook, to ensure that you get your copy of the yearbook. You want the yearbook. You need the yearbook. You're going to want to read it. Everybody's going to be talking about it. You don't want to be left behind. So get the yearbook. Go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the discount code VARSITY, all caps VARSITY. Get yourself signed up by June 6th. So you make sure that you get the yearbook because Jacob has a story in the yearbook and it might be one of my favorite stories that I've read in a very long time because one in the Nebraska football yearbook, you wrote what amounts to a basketball story. Congratulations to you. And two, you just set fire to a bunch of football players. (laughs) It's just it's just a bunch of flaming football players, which I which I appreciate. You're you're talking about how terrible they are at basketball. I love that. So I want to get into that with you. I want to talk about this story. I want to talk about sort of like how it came to be, what the reporting process was like. Cause as I'm reading through it, I'm like, this has to be something where like there's a bit of a lighthearted banter going on here as he's talking to these players because you're just setting fire to some of their basketball careers or potential basketball careers. Um, so we're going to get into that. First, though, a little news topic for this week. I want to ask you, Trey McGowan's and Bryce McGowan's are officially departing Nebraska. Both of them are. Trey's beginning his pro career. Bryce is obviously staying in the draft. Um, what's going to be your lasting sort of memory? Maybe it's a moment. Maybe it's a game. Like what? Like when you think back on the McGowan's experience at Nebraska, two guys who were, who were pretty talented – Pretty fun. What what's going to be kind of the the thing that sticks out in your memory when you think about their time or tenure at Nebraska? Unfortunately, this isn't really a positive thing, but I think it encapsulates just this whole kind of one to two year era for Nebraska um, with the McGowan's uh, family as part of the program. And it was, I mean, I wrote my basketball preview story on. Trey and Bryce and what it meant to them to be able to play together this season. Um, they hadn't done it since they were really tiny playing like rec ball. Um, so this is their first real chance because the age difference was there that, that by the time that uh, Bryce got into high school, Trey was already off at prep school. So um, they didn't get to play together in high school at all. Uh, obviously a few years difference didn't play together growing up in, in grade school or whatever. So this was their one real chance. And obviously the, playing together as a pro as pro is probably isn't in, in the cards either. So this was their one chance to, to play together. And then three years into the, the season before we even had the, I mean, right after we sent the magazine to the printer, Trey breaks his foot and then misses half the season. And so like just that kind of the fact that they were so excited about this, um, this opportunity and that they really, didn't get to experience the full deal as Trey missed however many weeks, uh, missed half the season basically. Um, and 
that really did, I mean, derail them in to a certain uh, respect. And the obviously we saw the, the season didn't go the way that everybody was hoping for, hoping to. And he didn't get in terms of moving the program forward, in terms of getting wins. Uh, you really didn't get the return that you were hoping for from Bryce's one and done season. So unfortunately, I think kind of that is what I'll think about just the unrealized potential, the the missed opportunity that this season of Bryce and Trey together was. And it's just too bad. I, I felt so, again, like sit, seeing there, sitting there on press row as like Trey came back out and you're like, oh, this isn't good. Um, it's like, you, you kidding me? Because again, we had just sent the magazine to the, to the printer. I loved the, how the, the story turned out. Uh, they gave me a lot of good stuff to write about. And then here he is, Trey, clearly not something's not right there. And we didn't even make it four games into the season. So that's unfortunately going to be kind of the, the, the way that I kind of think about this um, and this opportunity for them moving forward. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Well, we are starting off on a disappointing note. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> you asked the question. I had are, you, are, you, are you, were you the, um, were you in the crowd that thought that Bryce McAllen's deserved Big Ten Freshman of the Year. I did. Um, Malachi Branham really did come on strong and definitely more efficient. But I mean, I wrote a column back after the Nebraska Ohio State game, where Bryce was clearly the better of the two in that game. And head to head, it's just one data point or whatever. But I think that just kind of reinforced, like, yeah, um, I, I think he deserved it. Just the responsibility on Bryce's plate, and I mean. Brandon was playing next to one of the best players in the conference and EJ Liddell and great coach, obviously a veteran team around him. Um, Just his situation lended itself, I think to playing the role he did. And he got off to a slow start. Like he didn't, he basically didn't was a complete non-factor up until that Nebraska game. Um, And so it did nothing in the non-conference. And I just kind of felt like rewarding Bryce for, putting together an entire season uh, of being kind of the number one guy, the top of the scouting report every single year. 
Efficiency-wise, the numbers weren't great. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball nearly as well as you would have hoped. Defense, there are definitely some questions, but Brown's not a good defender either. So um, ultimately, I did think Bryce deserved it, as did the AP, um, which certainly interesting when the AP awards him the newcomer, <clears throat> excuse me, the newcomer of the year, which factors in transfers, while uh, the conference's voting body uh, didn't even give him freshman of the year. That will be my lasting memory is uh, Bryce McGowan's cementing that the Big Ten hates Nebraska. So that's uh, that's what I'll remember most from that experience. One more thing that I want to plug of yours before we get to your yearbook story is your padding the stats column. We talked about Big Ten early entrance into the, the NBA draft field. And I wanted to ask you of the guys that made a decision one way or the other, they could return or stay in the draft. Who surprised you the most? Yeah, um, well – I'd, surprise, I, I guess, not really surprised. Basically, they're the only winner in the conference was Indiana. Basically, with Trace Jackson Davis pulling out like uh, day three of the combine or whatever. Basically, everybody else of substance that entered the draft stayed in. Uh, Caleb McConnell was the defensive player of the year uh, at Rutgers, decided to come back for his extra season, pulled out like last minute. Um, but Rutgers is also losing Ron Harper Jr., who is staying in the draft. Um, so, and they already lost Geo Baker, who is out of eligibility. So, um, a couple other seniors on that team. It's just, I don't, I think in, uh, Jackson Davis is really the only one that made a huge, sizable impact. Like Max Christie, just a lot of the guys, I, I don't think it was terribly surprising. Like a lot of the guys that entered were freshmen that maybe didn't have the season that they wanted to, but went to the combine or in Caleb Houston's uh, example, didn't go to the combine, opted out of it, um, but, uh, indicating a potential promise from somebody. He ended up staying in the draft last minute. Musa Diabate as well. So both of Michigan's five-star freshmen who were, were fine, but they weren't anything special this season as freshmen. Max Christie, same deal. Like he looks apart. He, if he had come back, he had a chance to be a really uh, breakout player. I think they were really counting on him. But he apparently heard what he needed to at the combine to stay in, even though he didn't perform in the five on five. He just went for the testing and uh, did some of the shooting drills or whatever, and shot the ball pretty well. And so basically, everybody you're waiting for um, kind of decided to to stay in the draft. So wasn't a great day. Purdue lost a lot. Ohio State lost both Liddell and Branham, and that was kind of shaping that way over the second half of the season. As Branham took off, he started hearing his name more and more, and he's got a chance to crack the back end of the lottery, it seems like, at this point. Um, so those were kind of a lot of the the um, the significant ones. I mean, Pete Nance pulled out of the draft, but he's transferring from Northwestern. Jacob Grandison from Illinois, he pulled out of the draft, but he's transferring as well. Um, so there weren't a lot of decisions that went the way of the big 10, which isn't necessarily the case elsewhere in the country. Uh, there were some sizable, some very important players that decided to pull out to come back to, to school for another year. Uh, but the big 10 was not really the beneficiary of that outside of trace Jackson Davis and Indiana bringing back Jackson Davis, bringing back, uh, I think they had three seniors that decided to come back for an extra season. And then they signed a top 10 recruiting class. So, uh, big year coming up for for Mike Woodson. He's got a stacked deck here, and we'll see what he can do with it. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get another legendary Mike Woodson gif next season. <laughs> I'm calling it right now, another legendary gif. 
Um, one of the, I think one of my favorite things has been the the advent of the um, early entry into the NBA draft while also putting your name in the transfer portal. Yeah. The um, thanks, but I don't want to play at your school anymore. One way or the other. That that's the move. I think that's my favorite move right now. It's just a big slap in the face of the school that they're leaving. Yeah. They, like, I, you know, one way or another, I'm leaving. Yeah, it is. It's kind of an awkward situation too because a lot of guys. Like to get that immediate eligibility, if they aren't graduates, they have to put it in before the May 1st deadline. So you got guys that will put their name into the draft, enter the portal, and then ultimately end up staying in the draft. So it's kind of like awkward for that school. Like, so how much do we want to support this guy and and publicize him being in this draft and all that type of stuff? Like, um, so it's kind of an awkward spot just doing that. But a lot of the players are like, they got to keep all their options open. They're 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 doing it because of the various deadlines. It's like I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I want to make sure if I do want to go somewhere else that I have the ability to do so and play right away. So, if um, a player, I want to know what's going to happen if a player goes into the portal and then puts their name in the draft and then stays in the draft and they get drafted during ESPN's coverage of the draft. Who is the team that they played for? Is it, is it, there needs to be a portal graphic. There needs to be a team portal. Like that, that needs to be a thing. Like are you know, is the team that, that lost this player, player X to the portal, are they going to be like, yay, our guy got drafted. It's not your guy. You went to the portal. It's not your guy anymore. Um, that is, that, that's definitely a fun subplot of, of all of this that I am very much enjoying. Cause it's happened a couple of times with the conference that I now cover. Um, so, okay. Let's transition to your yearbook story. Do I have permission from you to just read the first three graphs of your yearbook story, which basically set the table? It's not giving anything away. It's just setting the table of what's happened. I think it's a perfect way to set the table. Go ahead. All right. So this is from Jacob's yearbook story. It's very good. I'm I'm, I'm going to pump this thing up because I love it. Elkhorn South High School played host to a special Husker-themed event in mid-May, an event for which walk-on wide receiver Elliot Brown assembled a select team of athletes with the goal of raising money for a good cause. Under the blanket of name, image, and likeness rights, Brown, a third-year redshirt freshman, organized Husker Hoops Madness, a charity basketball event featuring a team from Special Olympics of Nebraska, a squad of Elkhorn celebrities, and a group of Elkhorn High School All-Stars. Brown constructed a roster of 14 Nebraska football players to compete against each of the teams in a series of 20-minute basketball games on the evening of May 14th. Hale Varsity dispatched basketball beat writer, I love this part, amateur scout and youth coach Jacob Padilla to evaluate the on-court prowess of the Huskers and grade the action. Here's what he saw. Jacob, I love this idea. How the hell did this come about? This is awesome. Yeah. All credit goes to our wonderful editors, uh, Brandon Vogel and Aaron Sorensen. I originally had planned to do the standard actual football story. Um I was looking at kind of focusing on the wide receiver room and uh, Mickey Joseph as a newcomer and kind of his importance and some of the things that he talked about that were that he values as a coach and in his room and all that type of stuff, which um, he, he said some really good stuff. So I would have been fine, just fine writing about that. But I, I knew that Ed, uh, Elliot Brown and Teddy Prohaska, the other Elkhorn South uh, alumnus that w- was part of kind of putting this together and advertising it. I've seen them put out the tweets and all this stuff talking about this. And then kind of like the week of, I, I just dropped the, the 
tweet in, in the uh, the Slack channel for Hill Varsity is like, hey, if anybody's free, they got this thing going on and might be worth somebody going out there. And then like a day later, Aaron came back to me with, with Brandon and, and said, hey, idea for you. And then they just kind of proposed like, hey, why don't we do this? And I was like, ah, I was hesitant at first because I didn't know what like this thing was going to look like. What would the actual basketball look like? Would there be enough there to actually write a yearbook story? And so I was kind of hesitant at first, but like, you know what? I'll go, I'll see what it looks like. And then worst case scenario, if there's not enough there, then I'll just flip back to what I was originally doing. But um, they, they did a good job with it. And they, those guys, I mean, they kind of went harder than I expected a little bit. Uh, They, they weren't better than I expected, but they at least played hard for, for long stretches of the game. So there definitely was enough there for me to kind of just, work through. And, uh, I, I think, uh, Brandon Aaron said it pretty much turned out exactly like they were hoping to. So, um, I, I definitely enjoyed putting it together. So here's one of the reasons that, that I loved and still love the yearbook. It is, it's, it's like, a, um, it's a showcase piece for each of the individual writers that, that work at Hill varsity. And this is a perfect piece for you because it showcases, what you're good at, it showcases your writing, it showcases your reporting, and it's fun, first of all. Um, but also, it's like you you covered a football topic and a very trendy football topic, and you covered like one of the things that sort of gets lost. So there's there's a piece in here where you're talking about NIL, and you're talking about how you know NIL has become the boogeyman for what's wrong with college football right now, and all of it, all of the you know, focuses on what's going wrong with it, how it's being misused, how players are being induced, things like that. And here you are covering an event that was made possible by NIL rights for players now that is fun and serves a community and allows players to, you know, put on something of substance and of value. And throughout this piece, you're just kind of highlighting, hey, there's this other part of NIL here. So good job on that, first of all. Um, I would like to ask you about some of the, some of the the scout information in here, um, because there is a quote about Timon Lynam that it, it broke me when I was reading it. It was fantastic. Um, let me find this. I found out Timon Lynam cannot play, which is what a player told you. I think he went zero for five on threes, and I don't think he hit the rim today. Maybe next time. What was the reporting process for this like? Like, what's the what's the tone and the atmosphere? Because they Nebraska's football players went zero for three in these games. They did not win these yeah. games, and one of them was not close. So, yeah. what's the tone of the reporting here? Are guys, are guys pissed off because they're competitors and they wanted to win, and maybe some of them sucked, <laughs> or is it like is it lighthearted? Is it fun? Uh, it was definitely lighthearted, um, and you can see uh, they they some some of it they were. Early on, they were kind of they they gave the Special Olympics guys a couple of like they intentionally like turned the ball over early on a couple of times or whatever. But then as the game went on, the other guys were scoring and they were just throwing up absolute bricks. And it's like, well, uh, maybe we need to try in the, these next two. And th- they ended up trying, but the, the the last two games were competitive, but they did some some dumb stuff down the stretch and ended up losing them both. So. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to talk to a ton of the guys because they were kind of doing an autograph session right afterward. Um, but went and talked to the quote you read was from Phelan Sanford, who uh, dude is an athlete. Like he, uh, uh, 
you could definitely tell he's a little rusty. He, he was a really good basketball player in high school at Dundee, Dundee County Stratton. Um, but he's, he hadn't touched a basketball since high school competitively, basically. So the, the, the jumper wasn't really there, but he, uh, one of the highlights just kind of in transition, just go wet up, uh, in the lane, two feet, two hands, like through the, through, uh, through down a dunk, almost got an alley-oop off the glass down what, uh, kind of got it just off the back of the rim. But, um, yeah, he, I, I asked him about standouts one way or the other. And, uh, his answer was, well, I found out that Taman can't play. And, I don't know if you noticed this. I did not list a position for Taman. Uh, everybody else got guard, forward, center, whatever. I did not even think that he deserved a position because he's just not a basketball player. So wow, okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. Stick, stick to cornerback, Taman Lineham. <laughs> stick to football. Yes, very much so. Who who was the? <laughs> you you said that Trey Palmer needs to change his name. First of all. <laughs> um yeah three-point shots did not go well for him well, well done well i just have well, i just have to interject well done um who was the worst basketball player you saw among the football players that you scouted it was Taman, okay. uh and that basically was my scouting report uh, who was the second worst that is a tough one uh because there were a lot of guys that were similarly bad um uh let me just look at here uh, uh yeah, a few guys actually d- did some stuff, but um, prop Trey is probably up there. Um, I think uh, Alante Brown actually uh, kind of wrote in there. He he tried to like be the point guard and handle the ball and like set guys up and and run the offense and all the like directing traffic and all that. Um, but it, it didn't end well. I don't I don't think he scored. I don't think he had an assist. Um, so mostly it just ended poorly when he tried to do something. So he, he was probably up there as well. Trey, Trey at one point airballed a shot and then like ran back to the bench, like grabbing his hamstring, like, uh, like he pulled something or whatever and checked himself out of the game. Um, so that's kind of the, the way things were going. As somebody who uh, played soccer up through high school at the high school level, I know all too well the mess up and fake an injury. Yeah. Move. That's that's a move. It's a move, and I and I have to respect it because I did it all the time. Um, it's particularly after missed shots. Um, it is interesting that, and maybe maybe I'm off, but the, the, I've found going through your piece that most of the scope position guys who are going to be pretty uh, pretty cocky about their athletic ability were not very good, and some of the like guys that are going to make their name on special teams. Some of the less glamorous positions were guys that actually surprised you and had some yeah. nice things to to say about them. Was that is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, uh, um, like you mentioned, or I I mentioned Phelan Sanford. Sanford, uh, yeah, yeah. He he, but he had the background. Darius Moore uh, is probably the, was the biggest surprise, and honestly, I don't know if he was a late addition or whatever, but he didn't even get a jersey with his name on it. Uh, he, he had his number, but there was no name on. So it took me a minute to figure out, oh, wait, who is that? Because, um, like, there's more walk-on, cornerback, uh, defensive back, whatever. Uh, he's not a guy that I had really interacted with before. So it took me a while to figure out, all right, who is this guy? But I looked him up, and he actually scored 20 a game uh, during his senior year uh, on the basketball court. Um, not a great shooter, but dude that could go get buckets, and that's kind of what he did. He probably, he probably scored uh, – it was probably first or second among them – uh, in scoring and 
I, Gabe Irvin Jr. was probably up there as well. And I was surprised considering the injuries coming off on. He went harder than anybody. Like there was a, a play where he went up and actually like challenged a shot in uh, like kind of like bodied up the guy going up to shoot. And I'm like, oh, leaving the feet, challenging the air, all that type of stuff. Like probably was a foul. They didn't call it. Um, I'm like, oh, I don't know that Scott Frost would love to see that in particular. So it's, it's a good thing coaches were not there. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in general, there wasn't a whole lot of like chance for injury. They did a good job of keeping themselves out of that situation. But just Gabe in general, like you can see, I think he's ready to get back on the football field just based on the way he's playing football because he was going hard. He stole the ball there a couple of times. He like scored like six times early in the second half of like the last game or whatever. Um, so he, he can't really shoot the ball at all, but he had some nice moves off the dribble, got to the basket and finished, kind of attacking the basket like a running back, which makes sense. So he, he was a surprise as well. Would you say that Sanford or Moore, one of one of them was probably the best player that you watch? Probably. Like I said, I think uh, Phelan, he, he didn't do a ton while he was out there. Nobody really did. Uh, Moore, Irvin, those were probably – two guys that scored the most i think kamani grimes uh he had some highlights for sure he was one of the few guys that actually made a three and he also uh had a really nice move kind of pump fake put it on the deck go down and dunked it but he also airballed his first shot um and then had a chance to at the, in, in a tie game in, in the final minute had a breakaway went up for a dunk and missed it and the ball went out of bounds, gave back. It, not even final minute, like last 15 seconds or whatever. Um, so that wasn't great. So he was kind of a boomer bust player. Uh, so, some good stuff there, some bad stuff. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a wide perspective uh, or um, wide range of uh, abilities there. And uh, it, it was hard to – putting together some of these scouting reports is tough because there are a few guys that only, like, touched the ball a few times and did something with it. Like J- Jacob Wine or Zach Winemaster, sorry, uh, Jacobson's brother, uh, Zach Winemaster actually looked like he had a decent jumper, but he only shot it a, a couple of times. And so it's like, looks like he can play, but they didn't give him a chance to. So again, maybe that goes back to the coaching and Teddy Prohaska, who is still, who just recently started running it again. So he's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'll just stay over here on the sideline and, and be the coach. And pretty much from what I saw, the extent of his coaching was, subbing out guys every time they threw up an air ball from three. I, I didn't see him doing much else besides that. No X's and O's drawn up on the sideline for Teddy. I, I did not see a uh, marker board over there with him. Okay. Is this the thing that's going to continue? I, I think I think Elliot's planning to, to do it again next year. Um, it's basically kind of the story. I, I get into a little bit kind of the, the background on how they got into it in the story, but um, – seniors back in the day used to do things like this after they they were done with their eligibility and they didn't have to worry about um having a deal like this impact that so back in the day guys done with their playing they they'd go do a um a a charity event like this and so now with nil you've got guys that are underclassmen they're able to to participate so you got guys that will be able to i mean elliot's a redshirt uh freshman going into his third year he's still got a few years left in the program if he wants to, to stick around the full time so I would anticipate uh, Elliot continuing to to kind of see uh, what, what it was a pretty good turnout and they raised some, some good money for Special Olympics. So uh, I'd expect to see it next year and I'd expect to see more events like this. We see throughout the state 
hosting football camps, um, various athletes. I mean, other sports as well, basketball camps, like just players are trying to take as much advantage of this to both give back and to kind of benefit themselves as well. And kind of a win-win situation for everybody. You kind of just touched on it, but that was going to be my next question is like, what was the, what was the reaction to this? Like, was it, was it received well, good turnout you said? Yeah. I mean, they filled basically one whole side of the bleachers and then had some overflow in the other side. Um, They had uh, a raffle and then kind of the last prize, they decided to auction it off and raise, I forgot the, I wrote down the figure, but they, there was quite a bit of money for this. It was basically a tour of the facilities and meeting with Scott Frost and a chance to go to to dinner with a few of the players, um, kind of just this little package. And um, they auctioned that off and uh, quite uh, like multiple thousands of dollars there to um, ended up forgot again, I forgot the final tally, but it was a good little chunk of change for, uh, for the special Olympics of Nebraska. And then that they had it set up where the VIP tickets, like you had the normal tickets and then you had the VIP tickets. And if you paid VIP, you got to go through the autograph line, the meet and greet at the end. So um, overall, it was pretty well organized. Uh, I think Elliot did a great job with his dad, Lance Brown, who was a uh, player at Nebraska back in his day. And he was kind of helping him organize it all. And he served as the MB- the MC of the event. So um, all in all, I think they, they did a really good job with this and uh, raised a lot of money for a good cause. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's like, that's what I think, I think that's what a lot of people envisioned NIL was going to be when they put it in. And in, in a lot of places, you know, you're going to get Caleb Williams and Bryce Young that sign seven figure deals with big companies that people know, but a lot of it is just going to be stuff like this, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So what else can people expect from the yearbook? Give a little plug for just the yearbook overall. Like why, why do people need to subscribe to this thing? I, I think uh, we, we revealed the, uh, the, the cover this week and it's Garrett Nelson and Aaron Sorensen had the, the cover feature in that. And is that his briefcase, by the way, where'd the briefcase come from? Was that special I, I, made for the photo shoot? What I, is meant, I meant to ask that question. I wondered like, are we going to raffle this off? Uh, I know people are asking us about the the Scott Frost acting figure from back in the day. Oh, we got a nice little issue. a nice little collection of uh, of of Nebraska <laughs> Hale Varsity prop memorabilia kind of situation going on. Yeah, we could uh, we could raffle some of this stuff off. I, the briefcase is cool, man. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, but I mean, Aaron did a fantastic job with that feature. I think fans are really going to uh, enjoy reading that one. Basically, Garrett Nelson is everything you think he is and more. And, um, and this just kind of goes, tells you a little bit more about him and how he got to this point. And then everybody else, I mean, we've got features from everybody here. Like you said, each, this really provides the opportunity for each of us to kind of show, show our own personality and our writing and pursue topics that really caught our interest. And, uh, Drake Keeler's got, got a piece in here too, our intern who just graduated from Nebraska and kind of more of a personal reflection. And then we've got some more, um, Derek Gregg kind of profile uh mike babcock uh his feature he profiled uh barrett rude through the lens of the grateful dead so if you are not excited to read that story after that i don't know what to tell you uh if you know mike he is a complete deadhead and so is barrett rude so uh that that was a really fun one and then everything else is just the comprehensive every time he wore the shirt to availability barrett rude said something 
I'm sure he did. I think, I think uh, it was, it was almost every time. If not every time, it was almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a fun one. But, and then beyond that, just comprehensive preview of everything you need to know going into the season. We, we break down the roster in depth, position by position. Brandon does a great job as always previewing all of the opponents. Um, and then we've got some other stuff here and there, and it's all tied together with the photography, which is outstanding as usual. I mean, the, they did, they did a great job with the cover shoot. The, the images of Garrett are, are really cool. Um, and then kind of mixing some stuff uh, throughout uh, beyond that. Again, June 6th. You got to be, you got to be subscribed by June 6th. So you make sure that you get the yearbook. Is there, do we have a, is there like a public publicly known date that, that this thing is going out to people? Is that, or is that state secrets at this point? Uh, it, so it is going to hmm, see me on the spot here uh, i am putting you on the spot yeah i, I do not spot. have the date written down but it'll, it'll be um here and coming up in a couple of weeks again it's soon it's soon yeah. guys so june 6th we're, we're going to the printer here coming up on monday okay. uh so we're kind of in the, the final stretch here we're getting we're knocking out these these edits making sure everything's perfect and we will be sending the printer soon so within a couple of weeks it should be uh two three weeks here uh should be starting to hit newsstands, I would think. Jacob and I are recording this on Thursday, June 2nd. I don't know when you are listening to this. Hopefully it's Friday when this comes out, like Friday or Saturday. Um, hopefully before June 6th. Hopefully before June 6th. If it's before June 6th, you don't have very long. Make sure that you get subscribed. GoVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Use the code Varsity. Jacob, you wanted to say one more thing? Yeah. You, in addition to your book, you get the rest of the issues plus access to all our premium content on the website. So yep. it's a really good deal. I would say you get to read all of Jacob's stuff all the time, which I would highly recommend. It's excellent. I appreciate it, buddy. So um, Jacob, I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you for coming on this podcast. It was fun to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I'm very looking forward to, to reading your story. I think everybody else is going to love it. Um, excellent work as always. The whole team over there did good stuff. I'm very excited to read about Garrett Nelson and everything else. I want the suitcase. So uh, if if we get into like a raffle situation, if we get into any kind of situation where that suitcase becomes available, I got to have first dibs. We're, we're going to backdoor some stuff here. So I want that suitcase. Um, yeah, I'll talk. I'll, I'll send my people to your people. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep reading HailVarsity.com. Like I've said multiple times throughout, subscribe to HailVarsity. And uh, yeah. Shouts to Cam for producing this episode every week. Shouts to Jacob for coming on. Shouts to you guys for listening or if you're on the YouTube page for watching. It's kind of new and cool and fun. Um, My wife isn't sneaking through the background anymore, which is nice. We got that figured out. We will be back next week with another show. Thanks, guys. A Huda Media Production.